Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to be a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe there. Um, also, you can find the podcast anywhere you can get your podcast. We love you guys to leave a review or leave topics that you would love to hear there. We appreciate um, the listenership, and we're so thankful that you guys are here to listen and to grow in your faith with us. Okay, so today's podcast, I'm excited about this one. I think uh, some people were kind of confused by the title, but it'll, it'll make sense uh, once we study this. But we're going to entitle this one, uh, Jordan, if you don't do this, you won't make it. Jordan, if you don't do this, you won't make it. What, is, what does that even mean, right? So here's how we're going to introduce this. So there was a time uh, not too long ago where uh, I had essentially lost lost a lot of drive. So essentially, I was working, but I lost the drive to to work hard. Um, you know, I I felt like I lost my um, <clears throat> I lost my drive, I lost my ambition. You know, I didn't want to improve. I lost my zest for life. I mean, I just it was a it was a weird space, right? That I was in, and so I remember one Saturday, uh, an Alabama game is on, and the game is over. And I, you know, I have a Alabama hoodie on or something and, and mom and dad called me over and they sat me down and they directed me to these two verses. I want you guys to look at Proverbs chapter 13 and then Proverbs chapter 20. And just a heads up, there's going to be a, a few references of verses today. So make sure you go back and listen to it to make sure you write down these verses so you can get these. Okay. So Proverbs 13, uh, four. Now, again, this is the mindset that I had, you know, I lost my drive. You know, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to work. I didn't want to improve. Like, I, I just wasn't in a good spot. And so dad read Proverbs thirteen four, which says the soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Then he jumped over to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. says the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg and harvest and he will have nothing. And so as they were reading those verses, uh, dad looked at me and he said, um, when I read those two verses, I just see an image of you. <laughs> imagine, imagine your parents telling you that. Imagine someone you respect highly um, telling you that. What, what's your reaction? What do you, what do you do? Well, obviously when, when you're, um, when you're corrected at first, it's like, whoa, man, I really didn't, I really didn't think about that. But he mentioned this. He said, if you don't change your mindset, you won't make it. And he said, what you need to do, you need to grow up. So mind you, at the time I was doing adult things, paying for rent, paying for car payment, paying for insurance, paying for everything you have to pay for. I'm doing adult things, but he's still telling me you need to grow up. So I'll say, what are you talking? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But he said, no, but you still got to grow up. And so sometimes for us in this life, we can find ourselves in, in this rut, right? In our, in our adult life sometimes where we're literally just going through the motions. We're literally just kind of going through the motions, or we might be in a situation where we're in a, we're in a time of transition in our lives, right? So we're not necessarily kids anymore, but we're not necessarily, you know, 
very old either. So it's it's a it's a transition period. And so we don't really know what's next in a sense. And so what we have to do, just like dad told me, and I'm going to tell you guys, what we need to do is we need to change our mindsets as adults and we need to grow up, right? We got to change our mindsets and we have to grow up. And so one thing that I want to encourage you guys is have the ability to take constructive criticism uh, because I think our generation, um, they see criticism as as shade or they see criticism as as a direct shot at you. So if if someone tells you, all I see is you right here, well, how come you don't tell me the good things I'm doing? How come you don't tell me that I'm doing this right? How come you always have to criticize? How come you always got to say what I'm doing wrong? See, we automatically jump on the person that's actually trying to help us. But instead of actually taking the advice and actually mulling over it and studying it and meditating upon it and actually trying to implement that advice, then we're, we're automatically put in kind of a defensive mode. So where if we're put in that defensive mode, we can't really take the advice. So, so my encouragement to you guys moving forward is don't take um, criticism, constructive criticism. Don't take that as a direct shot at you. Take it as, okay, I'm just trying to improve. They're just trying to help me to improve, okay? So when we talk about growing up, here's three things that growing up does for the Christian, physically, but also spiritually. Three things that growing up does for the Christian, spiritually and physically. So number one, growing up allows you to see things beyond the surface, Growing up allows you to see things beyond the surface. Well, what do you mean? Go to Ephesians chapter four. And again, if you're new to the podcast, we love to open up our Bibles here, guys. So you can go back and you can take your own notes and you can check on your own just so you'll see that these are kind of not my own thoughts and feelings that we can kind of go back to the text and look at the text again. Okay. So Ephesians chapter four, verse 15. And I want you to notice what Paul here writes to the church in Ephesus. So verse 15 Paul says, but speaking the truth, how? Speaking the truth in love so that we might, the Bible literally says this phrase, I didn't make this up. Speaking the truth in love so that we might grow up and unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So understanding wisdom, understanding knowledge, taking constructive criticism, is helping us to grow up in Christ. And so many times in life, we can't necessarily grow up because we only look at things from the surface. So have you ever seen that picture on, I'm pretty sure you can find it on Google if you just put an iceberg. But if you saw a picture of an iceberg and the very top of it, obviously you just see the beauty of the iceberg from the top. But then at the bottom of the picture, it shows all the hard work. So it shows perseverance. It shows endurance. It shows failures. It shows long nights, long suffering. You don't see that stuff from the bottom. All you see is the finished product. And so sometimes as we go through life, instead of looking at things for what they are, we just look at things from the surface. And so what growing up in Christ allows you to do, growing up allows you to see Christ in a deeper manner than just the surface. You know, sometimes we just, we gloss over things that Jesus did. Well, Jesus died for us. 
Jesus came down from heaven. Jesus is the son of God. That's that's great information to know, but that's just the surface. When you really start to understand who he is as you study and as you develop, then you'll be able to see things beyond the surface. So that's why Paul and John, they said that as you study and as you really get to understand Christ, you can literally know him. Even if you haven't physically seen him, you can know him. So it's an amazing thing, but we have to dig deep to look at things from the surface. But also what growing up allows us to do, it allows us to see beyond the surface in people too. So it allows you to see what people's motives are, what what they want to do. Are they wise? Are they not wise? So number one, look, growing up gives you wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter two, Proverbs chapter two. And I want you guys to look at verses. Da, da, da. Um, 10 through 12. Yes, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. No wonder. I was in Psalms. It looked wrong. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 2, verses uh, 10 through 12. So, okay, so notice what the text says here. Oh, this is good. So, when wisdom enters into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant to the soul, watch verse 11 discretion will preserve you understanding will keep you so what is discretion and what is understanding gonna do if i open my heart up to wisdom it will deliver you from the ways of the evil man and the man that speaks forward things so as we learn to grow up in christ not only can we know more about Jesus and himself, but we can also know more around or we can know more about the people around us. But notice the only way we can understand this is through wisdom and discretion. And where does that come from? Verse number two of Proverbs chapter one, to know wisdom and to receive the words of understanding, which comes from scripture. So here's the natural question, guys. So obviously, okay, we want to grow up. We want to do what's right. But what happens, like what happens if I don't grow up? So (laughs) I saw this guy. This was, I don't know how long ago this was, but I think I was still, I think I was still in high school and we're in the mall and I'm walking with mom and we go to GameStop because I wanted to go and see what was in there. So I go in and check and see what kind of games they have. And this guy, this guy's also in there with his mom. But this guy is like 40, okay? And so he's 40, he walks in, and he's looking through the games, and he's kind of standing right next to me, and he's looking through the games, and he picks one. And I see the price, and the game is like 6 bucks, you know, like six ninety nine. But, I mean, he picks that game up like it's the best thing ever. Mom, I need this right now. <laughs> I was like, what? And mom pulled me inside. It's like, you should never do that. <laughs> but think about it like, what happens if we don't grow up? It looks unnatural. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't look right. So if we don't grow up physically and we don't look up and grow up spiritually, it's not, it doesn't fit. So there are many people that are adults and they can do adult things, right? Have your own place. That's an adult thing. Pay bills. That's an adult thing. Take care of uh, all these other things you got to take care of. Those are adult things. But you can still participate in adult things and still not be an adult. 
So what happens if we really don't grow up? So here's three things that will happen if we don't grow up. Number one, this is giant. If we don't grow up, the number one, we're going to miss out on amazing opportunities that are right in front of us. We're going to miss out on amazing opportunities. Uh, the other night I was on, I have a TikTok page for the uh, for when the scriptures become real. So follow that on, on TikTok. But as I was kind of scrolling through and checking analytics, I went back home and just kind of see what's on the For You page. And I saw a video of a young lady. Uh, young lady, she knocked on the door. And as she knocked on the door, a guy opens the door. I mean, dude, is he's just stone-faced. And so um, she said, well, I really miss you. I want you back. I really care about you. What I did was wrong. I'm sorry. I want you back. Hugging him, doing all this stuff. And he's just sitting there, right? He's not disrespectful. He's not mean. He's just kind of just sitting there looking at her. And he goes, I don't think you really, I don't think you really love me. And she said, what are you talking about? You're the one that I want. You're the one that I want to be with. He said, no. He said, I don't think that's true. He said, because when I did care about you, when I did give you my effort, when I gave you my time, when I gave you my care and concern, you threw that away. But then you went out, she went off with some other guy. And I, I always call when I watch like when I watch movies and a girl goes off with the other guy, I always call the other guy Brody. <laughs> OK, so she went off to have fun with Brody, but he's over there. So, no, you I gave you my time. I gave you my effort. I gave you my care and concern. But when you were with me, you didn't want it. You wanted to go over here with Brody. So he said, so I did something that you didn't want to do. He said, while you were gone, while you were having fun, he said, I decided to grow up. He said, I decided to actually get better. And so he told her, he said, I'm sorry, but I can't do it. He wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't mean, but he was assertive. Sorry, I can't. I can't do that anymore. And he closed the door. And then the, the TikTok was over. I was like, yo, that was crazy. I wouldn't expect it to see that at like 12, you know, at night. But what we talk about is if we don't grow up, we're going to miss out on amazing, amazing opportunities in people, but also in amazing opportunities in things. Because at the time when we actually had the good thing, we weren't ready for it. Why? Everybody in their life at some point was in a paradox and there was a good opportunity there. There was a good person there. There was a good job there. There was a good whatever there. And we all missed it because at that point in time, we were immature and we didn't really know what was in front of us. And so we missed it because why? Because we, we didn't grow up yet. So in our lives, if we don't learn to do Ephesians 4.15 and Proverbs chapter 20 and Proverbs chapter 13, if we don't learn to take wisdom and when we don't learn to grow up, we're going to regret the opportunities that we miss. And sometimes those opportunities that we missed, sometimes they're not going to come back. Sometimes not going to come back. So that's why it's important to understand what we have in front of us. So think about this. Think about Luke 18. You got the you got the rich, uh, the rich ruler. He tells Jesus, I've done all these things since my youth. I've always kept the commands. But Jesus told him, there's one thing that you lack. Give to the poor 
and come follow me. So that young man walked away, not only because he had great riches, the text says, but notice he also walked away because of immaturity. So he missed out on an amazing opportunity in Jesus because he didn't want to see the opportunity. So sometimes for us, we can miss amazing opportunities in other people and in things because we're immature. But the scary part is we can also miss opportunities to follow Jesus because we're immature. That's why right now, right now, we got to grow up now because if we don't, who knows, there might be an opportunity right in front of you that, that you can't see and I can't see because of my immaturity. So we have to learn to grow up. Then number two, what else happens if we don't learn to grow up? We will always live in regret because we weren't mature in that time, in that time frame, right? There was a, um, there's a person that talks to me at times and um, they talk about how they wish they could go back and how they wish that they could change some things. And they always, it's sad to see because they always sound like they live in regret. Man, I wish I would have been wiser then. I wish I wouldn't have done this then. I wish I wouldn't have done that then. But they talk, they talk to me because they see me and other people as kind of this blank canvas. And they're saying, look, man, you're, you're young. You're this. Don't make this mistake. Don't do this mistake. So don't be that guy. Don't be that young woman that grows up and you're constantly telling everybody else about your mistakes. Grow up and be that young man and be that young woman that tells other young men and women when, when you grow up, follow wisdom, follow this, follow that, follow the scripture, right? So we don't want to live in regret either. Then number three, if we don't grow up, we're always going to wish our life away. And what does that mean? Well, just like Proverbs 13 says, the the sluggard, the text says he always desires. So the sluggard in physical work, but the sluggard mentally always wants something that they don't have yet. But they're going to keep wishing that they had it without putting in the work of what it takes to get what you wish for. So the sluggard, man, I wish I had, I wish I had better clothes but he's not willing to work for it. He just wants it handed to him. Well, I wish my life was better. Well, it's not just going to happen the next day. What we have to do, we have to put in work. And that's why in Proverbs 13, it mentions go to the ant. Look at how the ant serves and look how the ant gathers for harvest. So why would you desire things, but not really work for it? So these are some dangers of what happens if we don't grow up. So, Jordan, if you don't do this, man, son, you're not going to make it. Son, you got to grow up, even though you're an adult, even though you're doing adult things. Son, you got to grow up. Growing up allows you to see things beyond the surface. Then number two. All right. So as we move forward, not only does growing up allows you to see things beyond the surface, but number two, growing up allows you to set standards. What does that mean? So when we think about this idea of setting standards. When you think about kids, right? I work with, I work with youth. And when you think about kids, kids don't make rules for themselves. All right. Kids think everything is a free for all, <laughs> right? So just, just invite kids to a lock in. They think everything's a free for all. It's not a free for all. 
right? There's got to be standards. There's got to be rules. There's got to be things to abide by. So even though kids have this desire of wanting to do what they want to do, kids actually thrive in situations that um, that have order, right? Even though naturally, naturally they want to do what they want to do, kids and actually even adults, they thrive in situations where there's order, where there's things to do. So in our lives spiritually and physically, growing up in Christ, Ephesians 4.15, it allows us to set certain standards for ourselves. So if, if you and I, if we can't set standards, here's what's going to happen. You're going to let other people do what they want to do with you. But then number two, you'll let yourself do whatever you want to do because you haven't set a standard for yourself either. So this is why I talk about these people that live in regret. Man, I wish I would have done this better. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't. Because then they set no standards for themselves and no one else set a standard for them. Now, sometimes it might not have been their fault because of the house they grew up in. So maybe they didn't know, right? But at the same time, you know, obviously you learn from scripture and you learn from your mistakes. But as we move forward, uh, when we talk about setting standards, I was listening to a, uh, <clears throat> the other day I was sitting in my apartment and I was taking notes on a speech from Coach Saban, Roll Tide, right? Love Alabama. I'm Alabama everything, right? My family is too. And so, um, and by the way, we smacked Miami. Let's go. But moving forward, uh, so as I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm taking notes on on um, on Coach Saban's speech, and he was talking about leadership. And Coach Saban said this about uh, setting standards, um, but he also said this about togetherness, right? So when we talk about setting standards, he said this, if you want two things, or if you want multiple things of people to come together as one, he said there has to be two things. Number one, there has to be respect. So you have to respect the other person. You have to respect the standard that has been set for both people or multiple parties. But then you also have to have respect for the organization. So think about this in spiritual terms. Paul in Ephesians 4, the context of that was they could all grow in the unity as a body of Christ. So Paul says in order for us to become one, he says we have to be willing to grow up in all things. But then Paul also said we have to respect the organization. And what is the organization? Who is the head of the body? Jesus is the head. How many bodies are there? Ephesians chapter 4, 4 through 6. There's one body. How many churches are there? The body is the church. Ephesians 4, there's one. How many faiths are there? There's one. So if everybody that's a part of this body respects the organization, then according to Romans 4, like we talked about last week, if we're not overtaken with evil, but we're overtaken with good, if we learn to respect each other inside of that organization that we respect, now we're moving in the right way. Now we're, we're, we're moving in the right standard. Then number two, he said, after respect, there has to be a level of trust. 
So you have to trust that the other person is going to do what they're going to do. So I talked to an older lady and she told me, she said, man, Jordan, she said, I wish I can go back and change my decisions. She said, I wish that I would have went back and set better standards for myself. And she said, I wish I would have set better standards for who I was going to marry eventually. She said I was immature. She said I rushed in. And she literally, she said there was no direction. There was no direction. Guys, in your life and in my life, we can't walk around life without any direction. And so we have to have a plan. We have to know, but we have to, we have to know who to go to for that plan. So look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And uh, we'll read verses da, 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 two through four. Now watch what it says here. This is amazing. All right, starting in verse two. To know wisdom, to know instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man, what will listening to the word of God do? It'll give you knowledge and it will give you discretion. So don't you think that'll happen for young women too? Here's my thing as we study this. The Bible is a spiritual book. So it helps you to understand your spiritual state and where you are. But not only is the Bible a spiritual book, I think we don't give it enough justice. The Bible can help you get from here to heaven. But the Bible can also help you to be successful here. And when I mean successful, I don't mean get all these riches, and but I mean to be, to do exactly what Proverbs just said, to have understanding, to have justice, judgment, equity, to, to be the right type of person. And so when we have, when we have young people that are confused, that don't know what they want to do, when we have you know, young adult that are not necessarily confused, but it's a transitional period. When we have adults that have made their mistakes as young adults and young people, but now they're trying to fix it while they're older. No matter what state that you're in, this is why I encourage, and it's sometimes when I talk to people, I think they think it's too simple. I think they feel like, okay, the Bible's good, but I feel like I need something extra. Like I needed extra advice. I need extra training. I need extra and other stuff. The literally, guys, the Bible is enough. It it really is enough. But when you really dedicate yourself to the learning of it, it, it's enough. It really is enough. And so it helps you to become mature. And when this when this older woman talked to me, she said, "Man, I just really wish I would have been more in, into scripture." And so. My advice to you all as you're listening, if you have the opportunity now, take the opportunity now to get this knowledge. Take the opportunity now. One thing um, one thing I want to encourage our young people to start doing, uh, you know, our teenagers, our, our college age, um, and even our younger married adults, here's something that um, that I learned growing up. Growing up, I had a big youth group at a congregation, right, for one one to two years while I was there. 
But really after that, I really didn't have a group in a sense. So every congregation that we went to, there was never anyone there my age, starting at the age of 13. So after that, I really didn't have a 13-year-old group or really a 15 and 16-year-old group. It was always 13 and then it jumped to like 30, right? So there was there was never a quote-unquote group for me and my brothers. But one thing that I believe that has helped us is not only instruction from the scripture, but I think what has helped us is actually talking to adults, talking to spiritual adults at a young age. Because when you think about it, when you're in the group with people of your age, you're really staying stagnant in a, in a sense, in some ways. I'm not saying it's wrong to do it by, by any means. We do it. We do it as well. But I'm saying we can't be satisfied with that. So learn to sit under older men. Learn to sit under older women. And so we're going to talk about that in just a second. But, but when we talk about setting standards for yourself, learn to go to other people that are wiser than you are right that are that know some things and so it it has helped me tremendously and i i can't i can't name all them off because i wouldn't do them justice but it's just amazing for everything that everyone has taught me and i'm appreciative of that and they've helped me to set standards for myself as well so jordan if you don't do this man you're not going to make it if you if you don't grow up you'll never be able to see things beyond the surface in christ and in other people if you don't grow up you really won't be able to set standards. You'll always look back and regret. But then here's number three. This is huge, huge. If we don't grow up, or actually not if we don't, but here's what growing up will allow us to do. Growing up allows you to seek help. Growing up allows you to seek help. So for me growing up, even as a kid, I never liked asking for help. You know, when I would play with my Lego set, when I would play with my toy set, when I would play with my electronic set or my science set, whatever it was, I always loved the satisfaction of figuring it out on my own. Ever since I was like two, I've always liked to just figure stuff out on my own to have that satisfaction, which in some senses, that's good because that's personal initiative. But in other situations, that's very bad because as you grow up, you don't know how to ask for help. So through many failures, through many, many, many failures, I've been taught to actually learn to seek help if you don't know. So when we talk about seeking help, guys, it's one of those on the surface phrases that we use all the time. But when you think about it, if you're not used to asking for help, that's hard for some people. It's hard For some people who have never said, I can't, it's hard for some people to say, I don't know, to ask someone that actually does know, can you help me? That's, that's hard for some people because they've never had to do it. And so remember, even in Matthew seven, right? You, you have not because you ask not. And even Matthew 633, the first word is, is to seek. So if we're seeking the kingdom first, seeking the kingdom means asking questions. Seeking first the kingdom says, I don't know. Seeking first the kingdom says, I need to know more. 
So when you learn to seek the right things, this is how you're going to evaluate this. Okay, here's three reasons. So number one, seek help from those people that are actually going to tell you the truth. I think a lot of people have a good heart and a lot of people want to know, but I think people seek help in the wrong places. They seek help in the wrong places. So you have to be careful with who you go to help to get help from. So, I mean, even dad, he tells this, this story, you know, uh, a lady had had problems with Matthew chapter 19, right, of marriage, divorce and remarriage. So she she comes to dad, asks dad what what the Bible says. Dad says, you know, accept to be for fornication. Right. It goes through all that. Right. From Matthew 19, nine answers her question. So that's really not the answer she wanted to hear, but it was the correct biblical answer. But she went over to another preacher who was a Christian as well asked the same exact question and that man who was a quote-unquote preacher of the gospel told her the exact opposite of what the scripture said told her well the lord wants you to be happy so why would the why would the lord want to hold that back from you go on and do what you want to do go on and be happy see this is why we got to be careful with advice from christian people you gotta, you gotta be able to listen, y'all. You gotta, you gotta be able to understand. So here's a red flag. If you go to one Christian, and one Christian can literally open up the scripture and every, not just one question, but every issue, every problem, every every question that you have, they can give you a Bible and sit across the table with you and literally just with every question. All right, go here. All right, let's go here. All right, let's go here. Here's a red flag. Even in other Christian people, y'all, here's a red flag. If you ask them a question like that from Matthew 19 or from somewhere else and they can't answer the question, why are we going to them for advice? You know what I'm saying? If you really think about it, why? So if we can't do that one, why why are we going to help with other things? So then if they can't answer Matthew 19, 9, we're going to go to other people, the same people for marriage advice. It's kind of like a doctor. So if, if I'm trying to have, if I'm trying to have surgery, why would I go talk to an electrician? Well, he works with his hands too. Well, why would I not go to the person that's actually trained in what, what they do? You see, we got to seek help from those who actually are going to tell you the truth. So, and this, this is something that you have to understand too. You have to be willing to take the right answer in the correct way. What that young woman did, what dad talked about when she came to dad and asked that question years ago, the the answer that dad gave her wasn't the one that she wanted. She went to go get the answer that she wanted to hear. So when you seek help, when you seek the truth, be prepared for an answer you don't want to hear. And here's a here's a green flag, which is good. If someone tells you an answer that you don't want to hear and they still are going to tell you, maybe you should go talk to them just a little bit more. Then number two, seek help from those who don't have a motive. Right. So we're studying Job right now. And in the book of Job, Job's friends were basically asking for his property. 
So they're saying, well, Job, we'll help you. But maybe after you get this blessing, then we can we can have some more. We can have some of your property because you're you are a great man. See, some people want to help you for what they get out of it. So some people won't help you. They won't make it about you. They'll make it about, well, I'll help you so I can get something on the back end. See, you have to seek help from those who don't have a motive. Again, going back to that speech from Coach Saban, Coach Saban talked about um, talking about helping people and helping their players. And he said, whenever anyone walks through, he says, I tell my coaches, I tell every single person in the building, I said, do not make anything we do here about you, about promoting you, about you getting your name out there, about you getting this or you getting that. You make it about that guy who walked through because that guy came to us to fulfill his dream. So you make it about him, nothing about you. So when you go to people, look at their motives. Are they doing this for the satisfaction of them? Or are they doing this because they want what's best for you without them getting anything? So again, that's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, look, wisdom, it'll give you discretion. Then number three, this is big. Seek help. Watch the, watch the, the prime word here. Seek help from faithful Christians. I didn't say just a Christian or the Christians that you've known the longest. Seek help from faithful Christians. Sometimes it's best not to go to those people that see you as a son or see you as a daughter. Because sometimes, not not in all cases, but sometimes they might not tell you what you need to hear. They might not tell you what you need to hear. There was a case I know of, a, of one of my best friends, and he didn't know where he was going to go. And so as he's talking to to different Christians, he was seeking help. He was doing the right things. Um, but he listened to the wrong advice from Christian people. And so as he listened to that wrong advice, years later, he came back and he said, man, I should have I should have weighed my options a little bit better. I should I should have listened to other people's advice instead of just taking this one. Seek help from faithful Christians. So so do you understand why even in Matthew 6:33 the first word there is seek in order to be able to seek the kingdom correctly, you got to be wise and you got to understand who to go to. You have to understand who to go to. And um ah oh, I forget where the verse is. I'll find it. But um Actually, real quick, let me let me look it up because this is dad preached this in a sermon uh, the other day. And it was just, dude, it was crazy. So as he was talking about this, he he brought up um, Nehemiah and how uh, Nehemiah only told a few men his dream and a few men what he wanted to do instead of just going around just telling everybody. Right. I think that's in a uh, no, it's. It's Second Thessalonians. That's it. Yeah, look at Second Thessalonians chapter three, and this is why you gotta be you gotta be wise in certain things. You can't tell everybody, even other Christian people. You can't tell everybody everything. There's a time and place for it, but you can't tell everybody everything. So look at Second Thessalonians chapter three. 
So basically, the example Dad brought up, uh, oh yeah, was with Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls. But before he rebuilt the walls, he went to see what, what the damage was. So he went at night and he went with just a few men, right? So he didn't take everybody with him. He took a few men with him. So watch this. Starting verse 1 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord might have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we might be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Why? For all men have not faith. So sometimes when you seek the Lord, Matthew chapter 6, when you're trying to have a better life for yourself, you got to go to the right sources, which takes discretion. You got to go to the, to the right people which takes wisdom, but you have to be able to understand that not everybody has faith. And sadly, not even all Christians have faith. But here's the amazing thing. Verse number three. But even though all men don't have faith, the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and he will keep you from evil. So do you understand why when we talk about growing up, right? Growing up allows you to mature. And let me tell you guys something. Just just for our our youth and our young adults that are that are growing up and even our single adults. Don't be afraid number 1 to be an adult. But then number 2, don't be afraid to do adult things spiritually. And what do I mean by that? Maybe don't go to this youth this uh you know, a, a youth event or, 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 or this event, if you're, if you're 30, why don't you, why don't you come to the adult class? Why don't you come to an extra class? Why don't you come and, and, and do this? Start, start involving yourself in adult things. And from my experience, when I started doing that, I'm like, yo, I'm missing out on so much stuff that we're not even talking about in those devos. I'm missing out on so much more. It's so much deeper. So so learn to actually grow up with, with what you're doing. Here's the last thing. The last quote from uh, from Coach as he talked about this. He said, leadership, when we talk about helping people to grow up, and this is something that I want to do better. He said, leadership is all about helping somebody else for their benefit and not for your benefit. And so Coach said this, in leadership, if you don't do things for other people's benefit, but you do it for yours, he said, it's not leadership. He said, it's called manipulation. So don't manipulate other people and don't manipulate yourself. Learn to grow and to increase knowledge for yourself. Jordan, man, if you don't do this, man, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it quickly. Here's the last thing. So in order to do this, I was, uh, you have to be held accountable, right? So you have to be able to hold yourself accountable, but you have to be able to take that criticism from others um, to hold yourself accountable. So this is what coach said. It's amazing. He said, uh, he said, this is how 
And if anybody doesn't know anything about Alabama, I mean, just a powerhouse, right? Just 17 national championships. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's so many. I mean, just win after win after win after win after win. And it's the same thing every year. I mean, people are just afraid of Bama. Okay. So he says this. He says, whenever anybody walks through our doors to play, I ask them the first thing they step in the door. I said, what are your goals? And coach says, I hear all the time, I want to go to the NFL. And Coach Saban said, after they said that, he said, I got him. Everyone's kind of confused in the crowd. Like, what do you mean you got him, Coach? He said, because from that point forward, when they show behavior that is not going to get them to their goal, I can confront them because I have the right to because you told me you want to get there. Coach said, I'm good. I got what I, I'm the head coach. I already coached in the NFL. I got everything I need. But you told me you're trying to get to the NFL. So when you show behavior, not going to class, being dumb, not coming to meetings, not practicing well, not taking care of your body, not doing all this stuff right, not studying. Whenever you do that stuff, I can confront you because you're not doing what you said you wanted to do to get to the league. So Coach Saban said this. This was, this was incredible. He mentioned this. He said, if you think that not uh, confronting people to help their goals is actually helping you, he said, you're wrong. He said, you lose respect of that person and you lose respect of other people. He said, make it about them. So there's a, there's a sense of accountability there too. And what I want to do better, and again, he mentioned you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to yell. You don't have to look down. You don't have to say, why aren't you? But there's a certain level of accountability that you have to have. You said you wanted to get here. And so for me, what I like to do everywhere that I go is I ask kind of the same question, but it's different. I ask, do you want to grow? That's, that's the only question that I ask. Everybody always raises their hand. But one thing that I've lacked is learning to help people to be accountable. Now, I can't do the work for them, but I can come and say, well, these behaviors, you said you wanted to grow, but you haven't been at service for the past four times. This isn't helping you trying to get to heaven. You said you wanted to grow, right? So I have to learn to be better too, but we have to learn to hold each other accountable so that we can all grow up together and we can all succeed together. Jordan, if you don't do this, man, you're not going to make it. Man, I'm I'm just so thankful um, that I had my parents to say that because that, that changed my life and it saved my life. So now it's my turn to help change somebody else's. So maybe, uh, maybe I can help you right now. If you have my number, call me. If you have my number, if you have an iPhone, FaceTime me. You know, if you... Uh, you know, want to DM, DM me, whatever you got to do, just so we can kind of make a path so we can stop just kind of going through life so we can kind of understand what, what we want to do in order to get to heaven. Man, oh, so good, so rich, so much to do, so much to improve on, man. Uh, I'm excited about it because, you know, I want to get better uh, for myself personally, but I know that I can continue to help other people get better too. And I just want, I just want other people to make it to heaven, man. And I'm just so excited 
uh, to learn and to grow with, with God, with, with other people. So thank you guys so much again. We're so appreciative for you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, continue to like and subscribe. Leave comments everywhere, reviews everywhere. Continue to share everywhere. We're just so thankful for you guys. Appreciate everything you do. And we will see you all next week, Lord willing. You guys have a good Labor Day. Thanks.